Welcome to the Friday Night Sanctuary First Review. This is a podcast that goes out on a weekly basis, usually on Spotify, and you can find it on iTunes. We also broadcast it live on Facebook and, of course, on our uh, Sanctuary First website. So welcome and very, very pleased that you've come to join us this evening. Especially want to welcome our... Uh, uh, our, our special guest tonight, before I introduce the, my, the, the others who are, but I'll start off with our special guest. I want to thank Lily Cathcart, who's with us tonight. Lily has been our writer for the week. And if you want to see some of the things that Lily has been writing, you can see them on our website at www.sanctuaryfirst.org.uk. And the, our theme this week is Awakening to a New Community. Uh, so welcome, Lily. Hi, thanks for having me. It's good Great to, be to here. have you with us. And also, our another special guest is Dr. Martin Fair, who is our moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland. And a big welcome to you, Martin. Thank you so much for coming to join us this evening. It's great to be here, Albert. And uh, having used the title once, uh, I'll allow you just to put that to the side and go with Martin from now on. It's a lot easier and quicker, isn't it? Yeah, thank you very much. That's good. I'm glad. I, I omitted to put the right Reverend Doctor, but I thought oh, that yeah. might be just a wee bit overkill <laughs> since uh, you, yeah, you looked a bit more casual than the right Reverend Doctor. Yeah, and you know, I, I've got really good friends in life and what they major in is never letting me read my own press in other words, keeping my feet right on the ground, and uh, I'm sure we're going to do that tonight. Good. Well, we'll look forward to having a good conversation tonight, Martin. I think it's going to be great. And of course, I'm delighted that Jack Steele's with us again. Jack, of course, is part of our team at Sanctuary First and is often a regular contributor to Sanctuary First. But usually, Jimison makes sure that he gets the seat, and sometimes uh, Jack can't get the seat. But uh, Jimison is, uh, what's he saying? He's... He's not able to join us tonight, but he will he will catch up with us later on. So that you... he's heckling from the sidelines instead. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, welcome everyone. Great to have you with us tonight. And uh, just wondering, uh, Lily, how how's it how's it been with you? I mean, you, you've been having a lockdown. You've been uh, stuck yeah. with James Cathcart, <laughs> but also you've got little Matilda. Uh, what's it been like there. just in lockdown, uh, uh, looking after a uh, uh, sort of 14-month-year-old or something she like that? Is, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're into the, the terrible ones. That's not really a thing, but you know, <laughs> she's one. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been one heck of an experience. It really has. Um, so many of the things that you expect to happen when you become a mum for the first time uh, just haven't been an option, which has been bizarre. Um, but there's been so many good things as well. I mean, you know, she's probably what's got us through this year. Um, you know, you have to have a routine for a baby. You have to, you know, you have something new to focus on. So um, a lot of the the things that we could have been struggling with, uh, you know, anything from boredom to kind of mental health issues that could have, you know, I'm sure I could have got really anxious about a lot of things, but I just haven't had the time um to get to get that anxious about things um you know external things um because she's there and she needs attention and she needs love and she needs cleaned and yeah 
yeah, you, you've just got to get on with it with uh, with a child, I suppose. And, and she's a delight. You know, we're we're absolutely thrilled to to be her parents. She's amazing. Um, but it's you know, it's things like that that have um, that have made me start uh, Sensory Church at Home, which is a, a little thing I've been running, um, which is basically to kind of try and help parents um, because, you know, things like toddler groups and Sunday school or, or whatever different churches call it um, just aren't there. So having having the kind of online community and the the friends and family of at the end of a, a video call or a phone that's that's been vital. So trying to keep things up like that. Yeah, that's great. Well, I mean, the, the weather's been good recently, so it's I mean although it's a bit cold, it's great to be able to get out into the parks, no doubt, with Matilda oh, and just enjoy that every day. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Martin. This wasn't the year you were expecting, was it? <laughs> oh, goodness, no. It really was not. And, uh, Albert, I could fill this whole hour with things that I didn't do, things that, I, things that were cancelled and so on from what the original plan was. But I guess I, I realised quite early on that there were going to be no prizes for wallowing and, and pity and thinking, oh, what a shame, mm -hmm. poor me. Uh, you just got to get on with it. That's life. You've just got to get on with it. Now, if those of us who are coming from a faith position don't know that and don't know that we're called just to get on with it and somehow to trust God in the mix of it, then it, we are really stuck, aren't we? So that's been my experience. And, and I think I have learned a lot about myself, a lot about what faith actually means in difficult times like this. Uh, so Although I'm disappointed in some regards about how this year panned out, in the fullness of time, I'm going to look back on it as having been a very important year. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, when people look back on it, one of the things is that you will be remembered for the moderator who was able to cope with and adjust and have the capacity to mm. become a very media orientated and to understand the media that, that's online and begin to work on that and develop that. And I think that's to your credit, Martin. And I think uh, the church, when they look back on that, will see that you were the right, the right person to do the job at the right time. Well, Albert, I, I love quizzes. I love going to quizzes and I've hosted quizzes through this year. And here's the thing, my highest aspiration is that one day I might be the answer to a quiz question. You know, maybe in 25 years' time, they'll say, who was the moderator of the General Assembly during COVID year? It was me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, that would, be a, that would be a lofty peak to stand on to be the question, to be the answer to a quiz question. But, you know, I make light of it. Sometimes that's what you've got to do. You've just got to have some fun and, 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 and be able to laugh at yourself and some of the things that have happened. But there'll maybe be time for us to, tonight to dig a little deeper into some of what the experiences have been and some of what our learning has been during this last year. Well, yeah, I hope we will be able to do that tonight. Uh, this idea, this theme of awakening, I think, is just such a, a, a powerful theme. Talking about that, Jack, you, you are the designer of the... Of, of, you design so much of our, our graphics in Sanctuary First, but you were designing this particular one, um, The Awakening. And uh, do you want to just say a wee bit about that and maybe a wee bit about what your week's been like this week as well? Yeah, it's been it's been good. I've, I've really enjoyed the challenge um, of trying to come up with something new each month. 
uh, for a new look and style for each of the, the themes. Because all the themes are so different and layered that we end up building that, um, that James decided that it would be better if we had a different style every month rather than have one sort of consistent sort of look or brand look. Because um, it would have been probably much easier just to have some sort of template. But um, hey, we went down the more eclectic route. But no, it's been good. It's always a fun challenge. Um, from woodblock style carving ones to this more collage one, with which is the the hands. I should have had it as my background instead of this. Actually, well, we're, we're thinking. We were just thinking. There's not many people that can talk about what was it? Rush? What did you say? Russian collective. Russian constructivism. Okay. Yeah. Russian construct. <laughs> Yeah, you, there's not many churches that can, or, or communities, worshiping communities, getting talk about Russian constructive constructivism. No, it's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an odd clash for a for a Christian online community to use something that ultimately rose out of communism, which is all about you know the the state is the religion, you know, it's the opposite of what you'd think. But of course, the the artwork grew of a, a people that were frustrated and grew of a people that were um, oppressed and a people that needed change. And needed an awakening, um, and it was—it's just filled with energy and color. And if you look at any of the older stuff, it's all hands and and faces and and bold triangular shapes and geometric patterns and riddled with red. Um, uh, so I—I it felt like the right sort of stylistic choice, but I couldn't quite put a pin in exactly why. I—I <laughs> I, I certainly uh, was—I uh, found it uh, an interesting. A take on the whole idea of the awakening, but whenever you began to explain what you were doing, I just thought it was pretty cool, it was pretty good, you know, because I, maybe if I could go on to you, Martin, and just talk about one of the things that I'm interested in is in this theme that we come up with, the awakening, is it seems to me I, I'm getting the feeling that there's a kind of silent awakening happening across the world where Christians who have been traditionally going to church every Sunday have, have discovered in the last year what online church could be, but also they've discovered something about, I think they've been encountering something more personal, encountering something of the personal presence of Christ in their lives. You know? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I hear exactly what, what you're saying, Albert, because with the best will in the world, when your faith life is structured around a week that centres on Sunday morning in a certain way, which means you turn up at a time, you, you go through something that pretty well is what happens every week. Uh, it may involve some recitation of well-known prayers and so on, and uh, all of that, and then there'll be a cup of tea afterwards. That can become the thing in itself, just the structure of your week. And then it may involve something, a, a group that you go to and so on. Strip all that away and what's left. Now, there is your opportunity for awakening because the answer either is actually nothing. This was just acting as some kind of crutch for me, some kind of um, way in which I, I, I shaped my life. But for those who have, who have gone deeper than that, they have discovered that what, what lies below it all, because all of what I described is nothing if Christ is not central to it. So 
I think we have seen some of that, but I, I, I watch with great interest to see how that's going to unfold in the months ahead, because here's the thing. It would be possible for us just to revert back to what I described, just that sort of weekly pattern, that formalistic way of doing things. I, I'm not knocking at all. It, it can work in certain situations, but if we're just going to go back to that unthinkingly, then we have missed a, a, a real opportunity. So is that digging deeper? Is that awakening or might we say that reawakening to the centrality of Christ mm -hmm. and everything? That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm holding out for. Well, listen, it might be interesting just to watch this short video, which might give you an insight and give a, a, all of us an insight into some how some people are thinking about returning to church. wonder if Ray's got that clip there, if you're able to show it. And uh, those who are listening in the podcast, you should be able to hear it. Uh, you, it's just someone sitting in their kitchen, reflecting, drinking their coffee. I never thought this could happen. It's my kitchen, but he came right in. I wasn't expecting it. I was sitting there, drinking my coffee, and he came into my home. Through the screen, week after week he turned up. Started to wash the dishes, set the table. We even had a meal together. You know what? My home's changed. He's moved in. My home has become his house, God's house. And it's all happened thanks to lockdown. When will I be back at church? Well, it all depends on God. I think he feels quite settled here. And I'm not complaining. <laughs> what I like about that is, of course, church is where God turns up. And if God doesn't turn up, there's no church. <laughs> so, so she's wondering if God wants to go back to what's there. Yeah, it's, re it's really thoughtful. It's well done. And uh, what was that, 40 seconds, maybe something like that? I don't mm -hmm. even think it probably ran as long as a minute. And yet it just opens up really big questions. And the first, the first and foremost thing that I would want to affirm is that, yeah, uh, God shows up where God chooses to show up. Now, in the week before Easter, uh, I did that 90 miles worth of, of walking, Albert, uh, a week of pilgrimage for me. Uh, so walking, obviously, it was outdoors, but gosh, did I encounter God? Absolutely. So whether in the kitchen or outdoors or wherever. The thing I would want to ask about a little more deeply is, though, or, or to be wary of, is that we don't maybe want to be part of a sort of privatization of faith to think that oh, it's just me and God in my kitchen. I think we still long for community and need community in whatever form that might take. So these would be my initial thoughts to that great little video. Yeah. What do you think, Lily? What's your thoughts on looking at that and about going back to church and what Martin's been saying there about our need to be careful that we don't privatize something and, and, and lose something of the community? Mm. I mean, I think community is extremely important when it comes to, to church and to faith. Um, yeah, it, it is so easy to become sort of just just you on your own. And, and it's not that that isn't important. Like you say, Martin, it's just finding the balance, I suppose, mm. is, is what I'm getting at. You know, the, the kind of 
the faith where you are able to have that personal one-on-one relationship with God, regardless of children, spouse, friends, family, etc. But at the same time where you're able to share your faith and, and talk about it with others within a community, um, partly so that you can make sure you're not going off on one, you know, <laughs> which, which is always a bit of a risk when you're left sitting on your own. Um, you know, you can find yourself down a, a funny alley of thought and sometimes you need to have a chat to realize that you've thought about something the wrong way or maybe actually there was an answer that you'd been searching for but you just needed a pal to say something or make you laugh and suddenly you know through that god can kind of click on a little light in your head and you're like oh that makes sense so i think it's really important to have both i think the the personal Mm. relationship needs to be there and maybe as you say you know through lockdown some people will have enhanced that and maybe even found it for the first time which is an amazing gift that we've all been given but it's important that we make sure that everybody feels they can have the community as well if if they want it and and when they want it because i think everybody will want it and should want it i like what you said in your daily worship writing on community um when you were talking about psalm 4 and awaking to trust god about community how you said um if god is three and i am one then that makes four. Uh, four is enough to be the beginning of a community. Uh, which I'm wondering if you had more to say, because I found it, and I think there was a few folk that commented on it that found it an interesting sort of idea. Yeah. Well, I think I've always been really struck by this idea that God is, is three. Because, you know, you kind of grow up and it's like there is God and that's fine. And there was Jesus, but that's also God. So that's fine. They're just the same person. And it was only when I sort of got a bit older and really thought about it, I was like, that that's already a relationship already a community going on and we're invited into it and suddenly you know you're brought into this kind of almighty i think i said community this this kind of divine community that's already going on already chatting and dancing and doing all the other things that that god is managing to do whilst also being god um, and and yeah i think i think it's really cool that that's the beginning of a community but it's also a community and kind of what i was just saying there in that you know a personal relationship with god isn't just you know you and what is it an old bearded man in the sky it's it's this this kind of alive and vibrant and energizing thing that you can join and you can be part of and you can invite others to join and yeah i just think it's really cool Lily, you have just explained the doctrine of the Trinity there in 90 seconds, uh, and so many, so many eminent scholars have written books this thick about it, and you got it, you got it right there. The whole point of Christian doctrine of Trinity is to say that God is community, and that we are welcomed into that, so thank you for it and for putting it just so succinctly. Here's the the other area that I'm interested in all of this, although you were saying, Martin, about being careful that faith is not privatised, there is a sense in which the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, eh, the risen Christ. And I think one of the things that I'm concerned about within this, I listen often in our churches to our preaching and our teaching we, we spend so much time speaking about Jesus before the resurrection. So we talk about Jesus of the Gospels, Jesus, you know, and we tell stories that Jesus told before his resurrection. But have you noticed that Paul certainly never talks about 
how Jesus met the woman at the well. He doesn't mention any of that because he wasn't part of that scene. What Paul was part of was meeting the risen Christ, the Jesus that said, look, I, I am no longer a flesh and blood walking around in the earth, but I am now, my spirit is now coming to dwell within you. And Paul encountered that presence of the Holy Spirit, which changed his life, the risen Christ. And all his writings are then talking to people who can experience and encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. And that sews us together and weaves us together eh, and draws us together. And I think that's the power of the Christian church, not our buildings and not our organizations and not our institutions. Mm. Yeah, let me just make a very important distinction. I wanted to warn against privatization of faith but it must be personalized. There's a difference there between privatized mm. and personalized. Mm -hmm. um, so privatized is the opposite of community. And, and that doesn't ring true. That's not, that's not church in, in any mm. sense, but go oh, help, help us all. If it's not personalized, if that encounter is not there, if there's not that awakening that, that you know, that the spirit of God does in our lives, let me just give you one, one amazing story. At least it seems that to me, Albert, you know, that's been, uh, something that, that I've seen recently. A young man got in touch with me about, about three months ago. This is someone with no faith background, no raising in church, no nothing. And uh, he, he emailed me with a long email, and I think he thought I was going to respond to him and tell him that he was daft and he should go and see his doctor. He spoke in this email about his sense that God had been speaking to him. Now, for somebody that's got no language, no background, uh, he. He didn't, he didn't know how to articulate it, but I then got in touch with him and we've been meeting up pretty well once a week online. Albert, God has been speaking to this guy. It is amazing uh -huh. what he's done in his life in a very short space of time. This young man senses a call upon his life. Uh, he's gone from black and white television to color television in such a short space of time. He is alive. Now that doesn't happen other and by the Spirit of God causing that awakening in his life. Honestly, it's been one of the most exciting things that I've witnessed in this last year. And it was just me and one other person started with an email and then we've been on Zoom ever since. How exciting is that? Absolutely. And that, that's the question. That's the silent, that's the silent awakening that I wonder is happening all over the place. And uh, we need to be gossiping making ourselves available so that people know that we are Christians so that people can start the, opening up the conversation. We need ways to allow people to know that we, that we are Christians. And I suppose that's why sometimes I used to encourage ministers to wear their clerical collar in public, eh, because it gives you an opportunity to, you know, to, to speak and, to, and for people to come to you and ask you questions. And I think that's important. I, I'm, I'm always mindful of the of the verse in Peter's first epistle when, you know, it says, um, always be ready when someone asks you to give an account of the hope you have within you. That's a wee bit different to me going up and knocking at a, a random person's door. But if we are not known for our faith, if we're not known for our relationship with Christ, then how can it be that a person like I described who is having all of this going on in his spirit, how, how was he to know 
to approach me now. I, I've got a head start being, you know, being a minister, having mm -hmm. been in that community for a long time, because pretty well everybody would know that. We've got to get all of us as Christians into that place where, where we're available to people and when we, we've got a just enough degree of confidence to be able to respond when people ask us these kind of questions. Absolutely. I think just that little bit of openness and honesty about um, being of faith and having your faith and of your faith uh, with yeah. others, just in normal day-to-day -day language, um, does to some extent in a small way, it's an easy step to make, but it can encourage a lot of folk just to ask about different things. Or, uh, you know, if, rather than hiding it like some thing that you're, you, know, mm. you only do on a Sunday, you know, you just <laughs> keep it quiet for the rest of the week. Do you know yeah. the, do you know when we've got uh, the, the account of, of the burial of Jesus and, you know, we hear about um, Joseph and, and Nicodemus going and asking for the body of, of Jesus so that they could bury him in, in Joseph's tomb. I always think that's because they were so ashamed that they hadn't come out publicly for Jesus during his life. Um, they just didn't feel they could, you know, the peer pressure of the groups they were part of and so on. They just couldn't be seen to be associating with Jesus. And then it was too late in that sense. It's never too late, but for them, so they went to Pilate, asked for the body of Jesus so that they could do what they wanted to do. And that was them coming out. That was them going public. And uh, wouldn't it be fascinating to know just how that unfolded, you know, in the time that came. And so, yeah. Let's let's become that little bit more open about who we are. Isn't it interesting if you take that analogy further that you're talking about? When the rest of the disciples were running away, who, who mm. said they were followers of Jesus, they yeah. run away and hide. And then the people who were the covert followers actually come out and say that they're prepared to, to take the rap at the most dangerous moments, you know. And that it's a it's an interesting kind of thing to just reflect upon, mm. isn't it's it? It's amazing what happens in a crisis. I, I suppose we're discovering that now. Um, you know that that people's different personalities are revealed, I suppose, or or people kind of awake to a new part of their personality. Mm. Um, in a crisis, you you suddenly find that there's there's a part of you that that you didn't know about. Um, you know, you hear about it all the time with with people lifting cars or, or or whatever. You know, when when there's a crisis happening, but this is a kind of a long term crisis, which I suppose will have done all sorts of things to people's personality. But like you were saying, Jack, it's about being about being open and about finding this new kind of yeah way of being yourself, being confident in your faith, but also I think being being open to people in general. Like regardless of faith, if you, if you're not someone that someone feels confident to talk to without being judged, without being, I don't know, looked down on, um, or just laughed off, I suppose in in some in some cases, um, then no one's going to talk to you about your faith or anything else. So, exactly. Now that is exactly it, and it's not just about your faith. I mean, even like especially with the big mental health initiative at the moment, mm -hmm. with everyone suffering, it's like and people saying, ah, but you need to be, know that you can come and talk to us but if you're not the sort of person that's approachable mm. and gives out those signals that you're the sort of person that can be talked to then they're not going to talk to you exactly. you know which isn't their fault that's just as much that's on you just as much as it is them and it's not you know christians so going oh nobody comes and talks to me about god well maybe you're not giving out the right signals <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's good. That's good. I like you know the, the part in your your reflection on awakening to trust God, where you meant um, you said when you're disturbed, do not sin. You could, from Psalm four, um, oh, yeah. ponder it in your beds and be silent. And I love that. And because you went to reflect on it, because about this community thing and God's kind of being the community, and I, I kind of took that a little bit as um, even if you're on your bed alone, you're you're kind of not alone. Mm. There's still someone there for you. And I think with us all being cut off from society at the moment, I think a little bit it's been a good thing that we've realised that we aren't actually alone, even when, you know, we don't need to be in a crowd in order to be with mm. even each other, but also with God and the Holy Spirit. Mm, definitely, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's a really good way. Yeah, I think that that's summarising the kind of thing that's going through my mind, that people are beginning to realise that God, is it, is it was Samuel Limby said, I think, Jack, you picked it up, God isn't in lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. We should have got that printed on t-shirts. It's it's solid gold. We we, we had a, we Martin. We had Samuel Limby, who is the director of the Vine Trust project in Tanzania. Yeah, and he was on a sharing with us one Sunday, and it was it was last year during lockdown, wasn't it? And he, you know, came up with this phrase, but God isn't in lockdown. God is, mm. God is with us, you know, and, and we're not to, you know, God, that, that became, for a lot of people, they picked up on that. It was a real encouragement to them. Yeah. Well, stuck in a church somewhere. No, it's a lovely wee phrase. Look, if the grave cannot hold him, then certainly a COVID lockdown wouldn't do it either. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. So listen, going to just talking about going back to maybe moving into talking about a wee bit about your prayers and reflections this week, hey, Lily. How did you how did you feel approaching them? How did you go about approaching writing the prayers and the and the reflections? Do you have a? I mean, you've been doing it now for a number of times. Do you have a a kind of um, pattern that you use, or um, how do you go about doing it? It's a good question. A lot of the time, um, especially with the time pressure, because you know, of having a, a baby, I can usually do this sort of one-handed while a baby is sleeping on me. Um, so there's that element of, of the structural uh, difficulty with it. But but mostly it's just letting the passage and the theme speak to me and, and see where they kind of overlap, you know, the Venn diagram of, of the passage and the theme. And I suppose just letting the spirit and, and God speak into that if they've got anything to say. Um, and if not, I'll just try and come up with something myself and hope everybody can get something out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I found it really, uh, really good this time. The the theme was not that the others have been bad, but particularly because this is the latest one, I'm really thinking about it. But the theme uh, was really helpful, you know, the awakening. And it does feel like I think it was Jack said that um, that we're kind of as as lockdown begins to the ease a little there is this kind of strange, you know, combined with spring, the flowers are opening, our eyes are opening, we're all kind of opening our doors slowly and carefully and working out what we're all comfortable with. And, and it does feel like a, a sort of an awakening season. So it was quite an appropriate time to be talking about that kind of stuff. Um, and especially with the emphasis on community this week, I, I've lived in, as I said, various types of community, intentional, accidental, um, and and, and yes, yeah, so I was really able to draw on that experience um, and sort of feed that into what I was saying as well, which really helped. Yeah, I think I it's thought... really powerful because it's not just um, Christians that need to 
kind of awaken and awaken their faith or awaken in general. But th there's a whole people, a whole society of world out there that also just needs to wake up and smell the coffee with a whole load of different issues that have been muddling along for years. And mm. who knows, this might be the catalyst that finally does it. But um, oh, I hope so. it's certainly a good opportunity. Definitely. Yeah. I think it'd be really easy to slip back into people keep talking about, oh, yeah, we'll go back to normal. We'll go back to normal. There's a few think... folk in the comments have said that they're concerned that it would um, it would slip back just as things were. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, can it? Really? Can it? Like, this has happened to everybody. It's, you know, we can't just pretend it hasn't happened. I know humans are quite good at doing that, but surely we can't fully pretend it hasn't happened. Even, you know, I, I know personally, I appreciate this isn't about my prayers, but personally, I'm going to be slightly nervous when it comes to hugging people again even people i really want to hug there's kind of an inbuilt cautiousness about physical touch now um and that's just one aspect of of many um but yes so that's just me wondering that can it go back to normal you know we have to awaken a little bit don't we we have to open our eyes just that little bit more to get back to anything like normal mm -hmm. if we want to uh, very much, very much. Is there any particular, um, um, Jack or, or Martin, any particular um, theme that, that Lily was talking about this week that caught your attention that you would like to share? I think I've picked I, out I, my favourites already, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would just pick up on, uh, I think it's actually today, uh, about truth. Um, and, uh, and you talk about starting off school and... <laughs> having this kind of confusion about, well, who's telling the truth here? Is it, you know, is it my parents or is it the teacher? And so it was a really good way into a, a deep subject. Um, the, the rock band Manic Street Preachers, you know, ha, have a song, I think the title's, you know, this is my truth, you know, tell me yours. And of course that that's that classic kind of postmodernism that there's no such thing as truth. It's just how you see the world and so on. So I, I just wondered if you just wanted to unpack that a little bit more, Lily? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, specifically on that, I suppose there have to be some truths. Otherwise, we're all in a lot of trouble. Um, so I hope that that's not 100% true. But I, I appreciate the idea of like the kind of emotional truth and the, the kind of spiritual truth, I suppose, to a certain extent for, you know, different people. We, we can't deny that we all have a different point of view and a different experience of life and to deny someone else's experience of life and, mm. and the way they see things to just flat out deny it is you know that's not really being a very good human <laughs> i don't think but i think what i was what i was getting at especially with the story which still makes me embarrassed i just feel sorry for my poor parents <laughs> just tiny little person convinced that their parents were incorrect because the teacher said so i was so adamant um, but but yeah that kind of i think awareness of our own um our own fallibility is that a word mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. um but but our own kind of you know we're not always automatically we don't know the truth without having to think about it you know it's things can feel right but then later feel wrong you know, a lot of kind of situations involving um, different forms of, I don't know, bullying, abuse, um, 
or even just kind of manipulation and persuasion feel can feel like oh it's just the right thing to do it's it's right at the time you know it's the only way things are and hindsight can be you know really important actually in those cases so trying to develop a sort of preemptive hindsight almost kind yeah. of you know what will i think when i look back on this mm. will i think that i've done enough research that i've looked up enough that i've asked enough people that i trust and that i know to be good and to be in touch with god about things other than just this you know have i have i done the work i suppose that don't let it be too easy is is what i'm trying to say i guess that yeah. so that's interesting that you're saying that do i feel like i've done the the work because i think that probably is a very real concern for a lot of people when speaking about either you know their life's philosophy or their faith and religion um is they maybe don't feel they can talk about it at great length because they don't maybe feel they're learned enough or don't know the the right thing to say or enough of the theology and i think you're probably right there's enough of there's a bit of just you know do the work and and sort of you've got to try and learn, find out what the truth for yourself a little bit yeah, but, but I, also you know, like to a certain extent you've got to just wade into the water don't yeah. be afraid to be wrong yeah. you know absolutely well i think that's i think that's very important like i'm not saying don't don't get out there and don't talk yeah. about things and stuff but i think if you go out there and like you know five-year-old me was is absolutely convinced that you have the truth and will not be swayed despite the fact that you're very clearly not quite getting it right like it's that kind of yeah it's that openness to be wrong to be to be mm. able to have the conversations that say okay maybe i was thinking about this at the wrong angle or maybe you know you've got a really interesting point of view and i'm actually going to take that on board and make that part of my knowledge of this thing you know the, yeah. the kind of constant growth and uh mm. and ability to be okay with that you know that's it i mean it's very well put and i i think for me it's about this i i am absolutely confident that god has revealed truth about who god is through christ I have every confidence in that, but I need a degree of humility in terms of being confident about my ability to grasp all of that. <laughs> uh, I am, as Paul describes it so beautifully, seeing things in a mirror dimly. So I think maybe the church more generally, certainly individually as Christians, we need that humility about us that almost wants to say, do you know, this is how I sense it to be. This is how I understand it to be. But it's 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 couched, I guess, with with a degree of, of our own humanity in that. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe this last year ha has helped in that regard because, you know, we all have plans, don't we? What we're going to do in the summer, what, what's going to happen in our lives. And this year just came along and took all of that away and made us understand, I think, you know, we are creaturely. We are subject to life. We don't control life in that sense. So if out of that, some humility comes to us, that would be no bad thing. You know, I think this leads us into the, the next thing you were writing about in Psalm 133, where you talk about how good it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. But what I liked about this part, the way you wrote this was, you, you, you reflected how a bit like how I often feel that I hate arguing because I often think I'm not very good at it. And, and, and if I was to debate a point, somebody would always be able to come up with something, you know, and, and I go away, you know, and, 
and I don't like arguing, but yet mm -hmm. I love the way when you went on to say, but I have no real idea what I thought the practicalities, but then you went on to talk about, but I must learn to be able to, in some way, cope with all that. And, 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 and maybe we need to be able to allow people, allow argument to take place within the life of the church. We don't all need to agree, but we need to learn to get, live together in unity. Absolutely. Or at least debate, healthy, healthy yes. debate. You know, yes. Yeah. But I do like that idea of humility in terms of uh, approaching, uh, and that's probably the best way to not have it rise into you've all fallen out, is if you'd all approach your stance with a little bit of humility, mm -hmm. then you'll probably come out not only potentially convincing the other person of some of the things you're saying are right, but you might even learn something. Exactly. Um, it's funny you mentioned that, Martin, because last week we were reading um, uh, Moreau in the book club, in the Tales from the Library book club, and he spoke about happiness and how to get happiness and said the best the, the ancients used to say that there was a custom to make a sacrifice for happiness and you would throw the the ring of this ruler polycrates into the lake uh, as a sacrifice to happiness but he then went on to say and there's many ways of throwing the ring into the lake mm. and easiest is to be modest and i think you're, you're right it's it you know just a little bit of humility goes a long way even if you think you're right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah it's good. There's a lot be, in that. To be wrong, if you've turned out to be yeah, humble about it. Mm. Mm. Well, listen. I wonder if uh, before we just uh, this has been interesting talking along these lines. Um, you know, those of you who have been listening and uh, journeying with us in Sanctuary First, especially on the, the weekly review, you'll know that we have often talked about the app just about ready to be launched, just about there. And, you know, and it's always been, well, let me tell you tonight, we've got news for you. This is a soft launch. The app, you can actually download the new app and it's uh, on the App Store. You can even do it now as we're talking. Just go to the App Store, type in Sanctuary first and download the new app. You've got it there. But I thought we would have maybe just a wee conversation with James, uh, with, with Jack, sorry, because Jack has been involved with Sanctus Media. He's been our interlocutor. You know, we have production meetings and the, the production team all has different ideas about what should we be doing next. And, and poor Jack, instead of us all having a meeting with Neil McLennan to, to sort it all out with all of us, Jack acts as our interlocutor and he goes and negotiates with Neil and comes back and tells us what we can't have and what we can have. But he's been involved very much in the... the you, you're holding it up there, Martin. That's my. That's your first download since you announced it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I'm actually as we're on the weekly review. I am watching the weekly review in the app in the Sanctuary app. So there we go, watching it live. Um, but yeah, there's many a conversation of um, what we wish we would like as a feature on the site or in the app, and uh, going to uh, Neil and um, Andre who've been working on it and going, "What about this feature? Can we can we do this?" And it's normally a conversation, yes, but <laughs> or, or it's possible, you know, or <laughs> but there's uh, always complications. Uh, so yeah, it's been a it's been a good journey, but a long journey. Uh, but I think what we've got in the end is really good and uh, does what it does quite well, 
uh, hopefully. <laughs> we, we'll, you, the people will, uh, of the community, will be the judge of that, ultimately. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, we're, we're certainly very grateful to the Drummond Trust to have given us a grant towards the, 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 the making, the, 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 you know, redesigning the app. But unfortunately, their grant was very generous, but not generous enough. And the Sanctus Media have been so good that I think they have, uh, they've used the grant up at least six times over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we're talking about, you know, if to get this app, if we were paying commercially for it, it'd be well over £40,000. It's a huge piece of work. Mm. Uh, it's brilliant. But, uh, uh, but we're so grateful to the, the Drummond Trust to have given us the initial grant to pay uh, for this work. And, I should then, of course, say that if, if people are looking to download it, um, you can, of course, find it in the App Store on Apple. Uh, there is an Android version on its way, um, which will be another couple of weeks. Uh, but the Apple version is available now. So you can find that just by searching in the App Store. Or um, you can find on our website, there's a link and everything as well under get the app up the top you'll see it oh there it is there um but uh, it, all the features that you normally can do through uh, facebook and through the website you can do as well but yeah hold fire you uh, android users because uh, you'll have to just uh, bear with us another another couple of weeks uh, and jack jack can you just point out to people bear in mind look at the very bottom of the app that there are areas there that you might want to you know be aware of that you know there's the events uh, there's your profile. Do you want to say something about the profile, Jack? You think that's an important thing for people to start working on? Yeah, I think the, the profile area is really going to grow because um, it's going to be a way that people can come in and really get involved um, with the, the, the online community rather than just uh, coming on and watching a whole load of stuff that we put out there. That it means that people can come in and take part and contribute um, with their opinions. And we've had people that have been watching shows like the, the Live Jam that have then now come on uh, and, and performed. I think Ian Henderson, who might be watching tonight, um, come on and was on the live jam today. But of course he first came along and was just watching it and then came in and actually performed. So that's the whole idea. Because if it was a real, if we were in a real space and a real building, it would be that, that's what you'd be able to do. You'd be able to come up and, and, and get involved and do readings and participate in the Sunday live and participate in the live jam and share your opinions and views. And I think it's important that Sanctuary First is exactly that, a place to be as well as our tagline is. Yeah. Uh, but so, I think to grow the profile area in the app, that'll really improve that. Yeah, the profile allows you to begin to declare yourself as part of the Sanctuary First community. It, it, it le you leave your email so that we can be in touch with you if the things you need to get to know about. It gives you an opportunity to Think about uh, leaving. You don't. You can leave posts and comments uh, because we trust you. Because you're, you know, you're. You, you, we know who you are, uh, and also encourages people to think about their giving. Can they begin to support the work of Sanctuary First? But of course, you don't need to. You can still be a profile and not do all that. And hopefully, that that area is going to grow. It's there's not a lot in it at the moment, but we need you to sign up on it. But uh, it will grow. And yeah. then the other area that you're interested in is this events area, Jack. That seems to be quite an important point area for you want, want people to keep looking at. And that's down at the bottom as well. You might not see that right away. So we create, yeah, so we put events, because events is, we, we didn't start off, of course, with events being a big area uh, in Sanctuary First. Of course, Sanctuary First ran events, but they were streams or they were in-person events. Whereas I think this year we've probably done 
more events than we'd maybe initially anticipated. <laughs> um, so that section really has grown on the site. So we felt it was important that the app reflected that too. So you can find that down the bottom right. And there's a whole area to watch all your usual uh, live streams like Sunday Live or, or the weekly review, as I am doing currently. Um, and uh, and all the replays as well. But again, that area will start to grow and develop too and uh, improve as, as, as updates come along. And then there's the area up at the top on your right-hand side with the three little lines. Can you explain what that is? That That's not just design. You press that, something happens. That is the menu. Yes, that, that's the... But you can get to all the things that are in there from other ways as well. So there's all there's, there should be, in theory, multiple routes to get to the same place. Um, and in there, in the top menu, you can find uh, all the libraries of... So not just the featured podcasts and... But if you're looking for one that, you know, for some reason you woke up in the morning and thought, oh, I think about one that was maybe on three months ago, you can scroll back through and find that. But you can also, down the bottom, you'll see a little search icon. Now, this is quite good because this is really integrated with the rest of the website. So you can actually search whatever you like in there and find all the archives of, what is it, Albert, 25 years worth of material? No, there's, there's about... <laughs> there's about... 12 years of material on the site and there's literally thousands of prayers over five or six hundred videos it's a huge treasure trove of, of material um, there's a lot of the earlier stuff needs to be better it's, we almost could do with an intern to come and work with us some summer and to recategorize stuff and get it up so people can find it because there's I just I think we so need an army stuff. of people doing that though, Albert. Yeah. <laughs> more than one intern's worth of work. <laughs> yeah, but uh, certainly there's a, a huge amount of stuff. The other area that we're really keen to develop is this encourage me area because we think that can be, a, I'm, I'm not sure that that's on the app at the moment, the encourage me area. We couldn't no. put everything on the app at the minute. And in fact, sometimes you don't want everything on the app because you want to direct people to the to the the main the main site as well, but the yeah, app there will be. As, I think as we go around, we'll be discovering what what we should what's not being used and what is being used and swap things around. Yeah, it's a kind of a streamlined version of the material, um, so that you can still get to a lot of the archives, um, but it's not got all of the resources that uh, and theme and, and and connect group material that the that the other. Um, full site does have um, but you can definitely get a great deal and Neil who's been working on the thing the whole time um, one of the first sections to be completed was the daily worship uh, attends that he was a it reads it reads the daily worship every day in the app so there we go you can and you get a little uh, email notification and everything just as usual but you can also read it in the app but there's a nice thing that every day you take a small section of the writer's prayer such as today, for example, Lily, it's yours. If I exit out the app and re-enter again, um, and if you all download this, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you get a small section of that to greet you every time you every mm -hmm. time you open the application, and that's your 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 little daily prayer. And I I think that will be something that I already find a lot of value in, um, and it's nice uh, and another way to extend the the life of the daily worship. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. I hope that the, you, you're duly impressed, both of you, Lily and uh, Martin. Very, very. <laughs> I, I, I really am. I, I'm, I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me an in-depth question about anything, Albert, because I've been not been listening. I've been looking at the app for the last five <laughs> minutes. And, and it's uh, 
it's a really, really nice looking app. And, you know, I know it's got to be more than how a thing looks, but if it looks good, then it's, it's a start, isn't it? Because it sort of draws you into the material. And uh, I, th I think, you know, those that have done it have done a really good job. And Jack, as you were describing some of the process, you were saying that there was a lot of things. Can we have that? And, uh, and the discussion went along something like, well, yes, we probably can. You see that attitude? That is all the difference in the world. It's, yes, we probably can make that work. It takes you somewhere as opposed to an often doer Scottish thing. It'll nae work. It'll nae work. And, uh, I, you know, I'm thankful for those that have that positive attitude. Well, I don't know how, but somehow we'll make it work. What a great attitude. And I think you know, the, the I, church at whole probably needs that sort of how to eat an I, elephant I, I, approach, you know, one bite at a time, you know. <laughs> that's, that's it. I mean, I'm always encouraged with Neil and with Ray and that team at Sanctus because that is their, always been their motto. I think, you know, when when I first came and talked about this whole thing to Neil way back in the, you know, the year 2005 or so when we first mm. met getting involved with developing Sanctuary First and working with Ray as well, it was, you know, yes, we can do this. But, you know, um, when we first started to think about it, could we have videos on, on a website? It, we were having videos that were the size of a, a postage stamp or mm. maybe, maybe mm. two postage stamps, you know, and uh, we had to pay for the, 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 the we had to pay for the, the bandwidth, you know, but we were, we were pioneering that way back then, you mm. know, and, uh, making little videos and all that. So, but all of that has come, that learning curve, but that journeying with people working together has become a great team, Scientist Media and Sanctuary First. We, we couldn't do what we do without them as well. Mm. Absolutely. You know, plaudits to them for, for the work behind it. So, yeah, it's a, and we hope it will be a gift to the church, a, a gift to the Church of Scotland to be able to use. And we really do hope that more people in the Church of Scotland will see it and be able to download it and and uh, promote yeah. it <clears throat> if you have the if you have our old app um on your phone already you know if you were a steadfast user of that fear not it won't um you, you all you need to do is just update that it'll be a, a little update button will appear and you can just hit update and it'll automatically change you don't have to download a whole new version again because it's just it's kind of built on on top of that so that's good mm. yeah well, listen, guys, we're just looking at time. We're, we're moving on great here tonight. But, um, you know, um, thank you so much, Jack, for talking us through that and sharing a wee bit about the app and where that's going. Um, I want to just get back to um, thinking about our encounter and our personal member. I think everyone said that it was you, Martin, that talked about the, the most important thing is not the privatization <clears throat> of our faith, but the personalization of it, you know, and the difference of that. And it's this encounter with the Holy Spirit. And um, before we go and uh, <clears throat> come out tonight with, finish off tonight with just listening to Ian Jimison's song Alive, I just thought we could have a little discussion about that again, just to encourage everyone to see the importance of nurturing that personal relationship with Jesus. Well, let me let me offer. I, I think a slightly different metaphor, but amounting to the same thing, Albert. And and it's one that I'm going to be speaking about in church on Sunday. And 
because it's been very real to me over the last week or so. And it's the very well-known story, at least if you're familiar with, with, uh, with the New Testament, of the two followers of Jesus on the road to Emmaus and, uh, and the encounter that they have, much to the surprise and even to begin with, uh, not recognising that it's Jesus has come alongside them. But when their eyes are open to Jesus, and this is what my favorite phrase in the whole of scripture just about, they see to each other, wasn't it like a fire burning within us? Uh-huh. That meeting with Jesus, that personal eye-open, wow, meeting with Jesus. And everything turns around right then. Literally, in the sense that they were going away, and now they turn and go back from whence they had been in retreat. Now, I see that as an individual thing that we that each of us needs that meeting with Jesus, because if there's not that fire burning within us, how do we sustain this life? And then corporately, Albert, you know, I'm just speaking within the Church of Scotland right now, but we've had plans and strategies how we're going to turn the church around. If it's not about a fire burning from that encounter with Christ, then no plan, no strategy is going to make any difference whatsoever. So I long for and pray for that fire uh, to be reignited, which, as I say, slightly different metaphor from awakening, but you get my point. It's the same, isn't it? The Spirit comes as a fire and sets that alive within us. Yeah. I thought Ian made a great job of this song for Easter Sunday, and I just love watching him singing it because I just see this doctor, he's so busy going so many other things, but he's taking time to come in. He's still in his scrubs and he's, he's, he's writing a song for Sanctuary First eh, to encourage us. And when we're flat against the wall, he talks about when everything's gone wrong, we've not reached the end because Christ has arisen and we can be alive. And because we're alive, there is hope. And, and that's what we need to hear tonight. And, you know, as we conclude tonight, I want to thank Martin. I want to thank Lily and I want to thank Jack for being with us and also for Ray for being at the background there doing the techie stuff. It's all so important. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing with us. And I'm going to give Ian the last word because he always likes to get the last word. And we're going to give him the last word in his song, Alive. And as we go out to that, uh, just a... Uh, Maybe our team can hang on if you have for a minute. We'll just catch up before you go. But uh, we'll go out to Alive, listening to Ian Jemison's song uh, that we sang on Easter Sunday morning. Oh.
sacrifice. The weight of worlds are on you, but find a way to push through, rise again, again, alive.